I'm Josh Hammer, and this is America on Trial. We have reached the end of the third week of our brand new podcast. And boy, what a week it has been. We are capping off what is thus far the busiest week when it comes to all the litigation and lawfare that is threatening to upend the 2024 presidential election cycle. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into Around the Horn. We begin with a brief update when it comes to special counsel Robert Hur. You remember him from last week. Feels like a long time ago at this point, given all the news that has happened since, but it was only barely over a week ago that Robert Hur, the Merrick Garland-appointed special counsel, released an utterly damning report that essentially said that Joe Biden, he, it's true, Department of Justice policy does prevent the indictment of a current president, but according to special counsel Robert Hur, Furthermore, Joe Biden's mental state, he is mentally unfit to stand trial. So even if Robert Hur wanted to bring charges when it comes to Joe Biden's illicit retention of classified documents, then he wouldn't be able to do so because Joe Biden literally does not possess the relevant mentality with lawyers call mens rea. He cannot have a willful intention mindset for the very simple reason that he's just totally out to lunch and senile. In any event, if you remember, Robert Hur is now set to testify. That was news from yesterday when it comes to that. He's in talks to testify before Congress in early March, coming up then in just the next two or three weeks or so, about his investigation or his year-long investigation and his ultimate report. Republicans should be all over this. They really should be clamoring more in unison than they already are to release the full transcript of Robert Hur's conversations with Joe Biden and his ghostwriter. These sort of things really should be fully in the public record. Hopefully, we will get more in the public record when it comes to this upcoming hearing involving Robert Hur. So stay tuned. We'll have some updates for that for you over the next few weeks. Also today, we are finally expecting that verdict in the Tish James civil fraud trial in New York State. Justice Arthur and Goron, the presiding judge there, we were expected to have that verdict initially on January 31st. It was delayed for a little while, but all signs are indicating that later today we are going to finally get a number, an actual number in damages that Justice Ngoron is going to hold Trump and the Trump Organization liable for. And unfortunately for the former president, and I would argue unfortunately for for small business owners and venture capitalists and all of those who are seeking to ultimately deploy capital, invest capital, and start businesses. Unfortunately, for, for all of those parties, it is not in doubt as to whether the New York State trial here and Tish James's case is going to result in some sort of negative ruling, some sort of verdict. Justice Ngoron has already said, he has already said that Trump and the Trump Organization has cooked the books when it comes to inflating the value of their properties and thereby securing more favorable loans from the banks and all of that. According to the state lawyers in this case, to give one concrete example, they say that those inflated numbers resulted in lower insurance premiums, more favorable bank loan terms. And in one instance, according to New York State's lawyers, the Trump organization actually saved at least $168 million on interest alone. Donald Trump obviously has disputed all of this, and he will get his shot on appeal Justice Ngoron has been very, very anti-Trump, does not exactly come across as a particularly fair and impartial jurist. This is also not a jury trial due to the nature of the case. This is going to be an opinion and a verdict straight from the bench. So we are very, very closely anticipating that. We'll be all over it for you next week here on America on Trial when that comes out. Moving on as 
As well, we had, staying in New York City, though, we had Alvin Bragg. I mean, that was the other big, before, before we get to our deep dive in Georgia, yesterday was the big day in court for Alvin Bragg as well. This was the first of the four Trump prosecutions out of the gate, if you recall. It was the first one to get off the starting line last spring, towards the end of last March, early April or so. And there were some, there were some pre-trial courtroom hearings yesterday. Donald Trump actually appeared there in New York City in person. And this was the last attempt by Trump's lawyers there to try to push back the starting date for this trial. And it was rejected. It was, it was rejected by the presiding judge in the case, Juan Merchant. Judge Merchant has deemed, he has indeed deemed that that trial, the Alvin Bragg prosecution there in Manhattan, in New York County, New York, is going to get out of the starting gate on March 25th, and just over a month from now, that is when they are going to begin jury selection in this case. This is by far the most legally frivolous of the four cases. They are alleging that Michael Cohen's payments, you remember Michael Cohen, the former Trump Organization so-called fixer, he has since pled guilty to numerous crimes of his own. He paid apparently $130,000 in so-called hush money to the porn store's porn star Stormy Daniels on the precipice of the 2016 presidential election. And Alvin Bragg's theory of the case is that he can get around the three-year statute of limitations for that New York State crime, the bookkeeping crime of falsification of business records. Alvin Bragg says that he can get around that statute of limitations problem because this was done in furtherance of an additional crime. That's how he purports to get around both the statute of limitations issue and also simultaneously upgrading it from a misdemeanor to a felony. Now, curiously, Alvin Bragg has not exactly told anyone what that crime is, what this was done in furtherance of. We anticipate that he is going to present the argument at trial that it was done in furtherance of violation of campaign finance laws, with the argument being that even though they expense that $130,000 payment of hush money to Stormy Daniels as quote-unquote legal service, in reality, according to the theory of the case from the prosecutors, they we anticipate that they are going to argue that it was done in furtherance of abetting Donald Trump's 2016 presidential election, and thereby it was an in-kind political contribution unduly recorded. It's an outrageous use of state power. It is by far the most frivolous. I am not even remotely convinced that this case is going to do political damage to Donald Trump, but in any event, that thing is going to get started on March 25th. I continue to believe that of all of the Trump prosecutions, that is by far, by far the most likely at this point to get across the finish line before the November 2024 election and ultimately actually result in a verdict either against or perhaps not against a foreign president, realistically speaking, given the jury pool there in New York, New York, you probably would anticipate that it would be a very anti-Trump jury pool. I guess you never know. But that is by far the most likely of the cases to get across the finish line before November. That was the big news in that courtroom of Judge Juan Merchant yesterday. Finally, real quick, just a reminder that we are still now waiting to hear from the Supreme Court of the United States when it comes to Jack Smith's federal probe in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump has formally requested a stay of the D.C. Circuit panel's denial of his claim of presidential immunity. Jack Smith, just a few days ago, filed his response to the Supreme Court where he said that, no, we actually need a very prompt resolution of this case. It's a big case. We need a speedy trial. The public needs to know this, that. And we're waiting to hear from the Supreme Court. They have a lot of options at their disposal. 
They could simply grant a stay and then allow this to proceed before the full en banc court at the D.C. Circuit, or they could then grant a stay and actually just agree to hear the actual case on the constitutional merits as well, thereby expediting this and just hearing the direct constitutional question as to whether Trump actually has full presidential immunity under Article 2 of the Constitution. So we're still waiting to hear from the U.S. Supreme Court on that. Okay, with all of that said, we go into today's deep dive, which of course takes us down to Fulton County, Georgia. My God, I, I hope that many of you like me had the chance to watch those hearings yesterday in Fulton County, Georgia. I, I mean, for the life of me, I, it, it has been a long time since I have seen that kind of courtroom drama in, in my adult life. And, you know, we had been building up to it. We were hyping it a lot on this show. And Wow, it did not disappoint. It really did not disappoint. That hearing is actually continuing today. It's going throughout this morning and probably deep into this afternoon, possibly early early evening as well. So you had Nathan Wade take the witness stand. You had Fonnie Willis herself take the witness stand. Nathan Wade came across relatively composed. He seemed a little annoyed that he had to be there, but overall he was composed. I was... Not, not impressed by Nathan Wade. I mean, he came across okay. I mean, obviously, the underlying conduct of this evidentiary hearing was exposing this scandalous extramarital affair between Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis is gross stuff. I mean, you know, stepping back from the legal questions as to whether someone is disqualified and is not properly able to stand to prosecute someone because of a conflict of interest here or there, holding all that aside for a second— it's just gross that we're dealing with an extramarital affair. I think that those of us who, who believe in, in biblical wisdom, who believe in the Ten Commandments, those Jews, Christians, I mean, we, we should be able to condemn that, right? Period, full stop, end of story. So it's kind of gross that we're even talking about this in a case of this particular magnitude. But Nathan Wade did come across, I thought, as overall okay. The, the same cannot be said of Fonnie Willis. My God. My God, I mean, that was just a total meltdown, an absolute implosion. She runs to the witness stand because she says that she can't wait to get up there and to, to testify and to finally try to clear her name and defend herself. You know, maybe she had to do it. I, I was texting with, with some other lawyer friends yesterday. You know, maybe she really did have to get up there after all these things have, have been said and she had to try to set the record straight. But... Dude, if, you're, if you are not going to compose yourself at all, if you are going to act like that, if you are going to snap at cross-examining attorneys like Fonnie Willis did, if you are going to have to be reprimanded by the presiding judge, Scott McAfee, as she did numerous times for her attitude and for her equivocations and for her obfuscations and just her bizarre answers and just not coming across, generally speaking, as a even remotely competent or remotely smart individual or human being. I mean, if you're really going to come across like that, then maybe you should have just stayed in wherever back room you were watching your lover Nathan Wade's testimony. I mean, seriously consider the possibility that you actually have ultimately done more damage here than good. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Among the interesting details that we learned in this hearing yesterday, and again, very much looking forward to seeing what we are going to continue to learn in the second day of this two-day hearing today. Among the interesting details we learned is that it seems that when Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis were going, were jaunting off on their various escapades, they went on a cruise, they flew to Miami, they flew to San Francisco. Apparently, there was there was one cruise where Fonnie Willis went with Nathan Wade and his mother. You know, apparently this this extramarital affair actually reached the point where Fonnie Willis was, was meeting the dude's mother. I, I mean, just gross stuff. And Nathan Wade, recalls going through his own divorce litigation, his own divorce legal proceedings right now. It's all, it's all just a total script out of Hollywood. As I wrote in my syndicated column out this morning, which you can find in a bunch of publications online, I really did argue that Donald Trump has the very best enemies, and he could not have picked better enemies when it comes to the Georgia case here of Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. So apparently, though, when it got to the X's and O's, the nitty-gritty of booking these extramarital affair escapades. Nathan Wade would go ahead and use a company or, or a state, as the case may be, because he works the state, a, a company credit card to book the travel for Fonnie and Nathan. And then, and then, in order to try to hide the paper trail, in order to try to prevent the equivalent in Georgia, the Georgia state-level equivalent of their FOIA statute, their public transparency, public disclosure statute, in order to prevent any of that from exposing what was going on, Fonnie would then just pay the Nathan Wade in cash, in cash. So trying to avoid a paper trail. And Fonnie Willis says that this is because her daddy, when she was growing up, told her that you have to carry a lot of cash around. I mean, that in and of itself is just bizarre, right? To have the district attorney of Fulton County, Georgia, where Atlanta, the, the big city in the state, is located, just screaming in front of a national television audience, wow, I carry a lot of cash in my home. I, I mean, really? Like, like, is that like really like, like, like a good look for you? At various other times in the testimony where they were talking about their various overseas trips, Fonnie Willis said that she didn't know which continent the country of Belize and the Bahamas are. Well, first of all, I, I live in South Florida, and you know, not to pull a Sarah Palin, I can see Russia from my house kind of thing, but we're awfully close to the Bahamas. There, we're off. We're awfully close to Bimini, a part of the Bahamas in particular. In, in particular, and from the from the, from the Miami Fort Lauderdale area, you know, it's not a huge stretch to say that you might be able to to, to see Bahamas. So, I mean. 
query which continent the Bahamas, or for that matter, Belize is on. I mean, if you don't know that Belize is in Central America and that Central America is part of North America, then perhaps, perhaps consider the possibility that you are not mentally or intellectually equipped to try to bring this outrageous, sprawling, multi-defendant, racketeering RICO prosecution against the former president of the United States. Perhaps consider that just for a possibility there. And the other perhaps like major, major headline that we learned from, from yesterday in court is you actually had the testimony of one of Fonnie Willis's former self-described good friends and at minimum one of her former colleagues from the district attorney's office there in Fulton County, Georgia, who went ahead and testified that no, actually Fonnie and Nathan started shacking up back in 2019. This is what the self-described former good friend and colleague of Fonnie's at the Fulton County, Georgia DA's office testified yesterday. Fonnie and Nathan have both disputed that. That is a big, big freaking deal. If that is actually corroborated, though, if there's any way of possibly corroborating that right now, it looks like a little bit of a he said, she said sort of thing. But if that is actually true, the reason that is so damning is because it was November 2021 when Fonnie Willis tapped Nathan Wade to be the special prosecutor tasked with prosecuting the former president, Donald Trump, in this case. According to Nathan and Fonnie, they didn't start having their affair and shacking up until 2022. Again, morally affair, terrible, period, full stop, end of story. From a misallocation of public taxpayer dollars perspective, indisputably worse if they were already having an affair at the time that Fonnie tapped Nathan, both literally and proverbially speaking, I guess you might say, and then started dispersing what is now $650,000. That's how much Nathan Wade has cashed from the Georgia taxpayer for his role in this prosecution. It looks so, so much worse if they were already engaged in this extramarital affair before Fonnie Willis tapped him. Obviously, it's still bad afterwards. $650,000 is a lot of money for a special prosecutor to be involved in one case over the course of just two, two and a half years or so there. But that is absolutely explosive stuff. To kind of wrap it all up here, and we again, we will see what we learn in, in court today. This thing is not slowing down. It's only going to continue today, and it'll be really interesting to see what who testifies. Apparently, we, we are getting ready to hear from Fonnie Willis's father. That is the big rumor going around right now. Fonnie Willis her, herself is not expected to take the witness stand today again. Apparently, she, she must have realized that she did enough damage yesterday. I, I, I cannot recommend more highly, by the way, if you have not actually seen these clips to go ahead and see it for yourself. I mean, the woman just had an absolute meltdown yesterday. Again, Donald Trump really does have the best enemies out there. Absolutely wild stuff. But to summarize, I, I don't see how this trial goes forward. I, I just don't, as presently constituted. Something is going to have to happen here. At a bare, bare minimum, I absolutely do think that Judge McAfee is going to determine that Fonnie Willis cannot bring this case. So, that means that at a bare minimum, it's going to have to be a lower prosecutor in the Fulton County's DA office who can take the baton. From my vantage point, that's actually not good enough because if you're going to tap one of Fonnie Willis's inferiors, one of her subordinates, to take this case, well, presumably that subordinate knew what was going on between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade, so that person's judgment and ability to, to, to render ethical rulings 
and just general sense of ethics and legal ethics in particular, that subordinate sense of all that presumably would be compromised as well by sheer dint of the fact that he or she would be working under Fonnie Willis and seeing what was happening between her and Nathan Wade. So I'm not sure that's good enough. So I think what you're more likely looking at is the possible moving of this case out of Fulton County to another jurisdiction in Georgia, or potentially even this whole thing just being dropped. Recall that the trial start date there in the Georgia case is actually not until August 5th as of right now. That's a long way away already. So if this continues further, if they have to find an alternative venue outside of Fulton County, a different county, which, oh, by the way, would be a lot less anti-Trump, a lot less blue than Fulton County, potentially a much more favorable jury pool. If they have to find a different venue for this, then you're starting to look at a trial start date probably even later than August 5th, who knows, into September, October. I mean, just no chance you're then going to get this thing across the finish line before November 2024. At this point, really, the, the big questions are not how soon this trial is going to start in Georgia. Rather, the bigger questions are, one, whether this trial starts at all, and two, whether it is Fonnie Willis and potentially Nathan Wade, but really Fonnie Willis who ends up serving jail time based on her possible lying to court about the start date of her extramarital affair with Nathan Wade. Wouldn't that be an incredible, incredible twist if Fonnie Willis were actually the one to end up in jail in Georgia and not the man that she is prosecuting, former President Donald Trump? Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be right back on Monday with more of America on Trial with Josh Hamm. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 